So I am new to F1, but loud in the game's traction, Grace. And hi, I made the F1 logo cookies, and yes, they were delicious, Sari. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and this is Catfish, a Formula One podcast hosted by your two fave girls. Um, we're really excited to be here, and we're super excited to be doing this. Um, again, I'm Grace. I'm 19. I am a university student, but I also work as a rape crisis counselor for minors. Um, I got into motorsport because I was always on like the peripheral of it as a kid. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't hard to just dive in. <laughs> hard dive. All right. And um, as I said, my name's Sari. I am 21. I'm currently finishing up um, college. I have a, my major is in psychology and philosophy, so excited to get that over with. Um, and I got into Formula One. Actually, I recently got back into Formula One uh, thanks to the lovely Netflix series DTS. But when I was little, my dad would I'd literally come downstairs in the morning um, on Sunday, and he would be asleep in his chair because he woke up early to watch the race. So I was definitely introduced to Formula One at a young age. Um, I sadly didn't really understand it, um, nor appreciate it at the time, but quarantine really helped me um, get back into the sport and appreciate it now that I am older and kind of understand what, what it is all about and that it's not just men sitting in cars going around in circles. It's much more than that. So yeah, that's how I got into Formula One. <laughs> yes. Phenomenal. Um, yeah, no, we we haven't been in it as long as other people, but that doesn't mean that like our view on it is any less valid. And that's part of why we we got to this point where we were like, let's just let's start a podcast because I feel like there's often not of a lot of address towards real world issues. Um, in and around Formula One, and also often the people who are leading the dialogue or only included in the dialogue in the conversations are the same older white men. And so what we really want to do with this is create a space where people who exist out of that like box and restriction can come in and give their own thoughts and opinions and their experience uh, in being a fan of something that often is not nearly as progressive as it thinks it is. Um, and also having a space to connect with younger fans because often as a younger fan and also as a female younger fan, you get a lot of flack and being kind of pushed out. Yeah. Yeah, we really just wanted to, like Grace said, create a space where everybody feels included to yes. share their opinions. And not only that, but also at least hear themselves represented and hear themselves heard and acknowledged. So we're going to be talking about a lot of things, a lot of different things, a lot of maybe difficult things as well. But I think all in all, they all need to be addressed. They all need to be put into a conversation and digested and um, made aware to everybody. So yeah, no, absolutely. We think that 
well while this is kind of like a passion project in a sense and us really like I love talking about things that I'm passionate about grace is also that same way so like at the same time as this being like a passion project we also just love discussing the sport and talking about it so yeah there's definitely multiple reasons why we started this podcast but at the end of the day we're doing it to be more inclusive to make younger fans feel more welcome so yeah yeah younger fans and and people who um exist within minorities who are also huge fans of motorsport yeah um yeah because i mean like coming from my own experience of like being a queer woman there's a lot of like um subtle like like not acceptance of queer people in motorsport like i remember when drivers first started taking the knee uh someone said uh so if a driver comes out as gay they all have to come out as gay and i was like that's not (laughs) okay no (laughs) um yeah so i mean definitely to your point we're also doing this in a way where like we're not afraid to tackle difficult and hard subjects um and we've both discussed like the possibility and the reality of us um having episodes where we talk about things that are really hard to talk about mm-hmm. um yeah because often if it's if it's really really hard to talk about that probably means it should be talked about <laughs> um, yeah i mean in uh, it just from experience and you know from my own learnings and things I've heard is like like you said the most important things that need to be talked about we usually don't talk about because they are uncomfortable and they make people uncomfortable but that's a good thing in order to solve problems and to tackle issues you have to step outside of your own comfort zone and you have to be willing to be uncomfortable in order to fix things, especially if it's regarding um, something that your own of, of your own biases uh, or something, yeah, which a lot of time. So, right. yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, and that's okay, and that's acceptable. Okay. Absolutely, we and- are here to be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be uncomfortable right with you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but we we have a lot of, of plans. Um, for this podcast i don't know if i should mention this but in the future we're hoping maybe to get people on here and yes. talk with them yes that doesn't just mean drivers people we're not just targeting drivers we're targeting anybody and everybody who wants to be on here and talk so everybody future plans future plans the majority of the people we have discussed potentially bringing on are not drivers because Oh yeah, I feel like our list is like the minority of our list is drivers. I feel yeah, like it's like one percent of our list is drivers, <laughs> and all the rest of it is everybody else. Everybody else. Like, <laughs> they do enough interviews. They don't need to be here. Yeah, they don't. They don't need to be on the spotlight unless they uh, want to be on, and then we're happy to have you. But today's. I don't know the word. Today's episode. There we go. Today's episode, we're just going to be reviewing the 2020 season, including like moments that are memorable 
Yes. Our moments um, and our just our personal thoughts on the races um, mm-hmm. and anything else we think is important to bring up about those those times. It it feels like it's been such a long time. <laughs> like I I know like the season ended just like a month ago, but it feels so much longer than that. It does. It always feels like an eternity. That's why I. It's why I just sit down and keep watching all the Las Vegas Grand Prix on repeat. <laughs> I love one thing in this world, and it's the Caesar Palace Grand Prix. <laughs> um, it's an unhealthy obsession with you. Though. You know, I'm having a good time, and I could be doing far worse things. So really. I mean, right, you're right. I know, I know I'm right. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's start off with the Austrian Grand Prix. P1, yeah. Valtteri. P2, Charles. And P3, Lando. 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 Yes. Achieved via a penalty uh, to Lewis. Mm-hmm. And he went fast enough to qualify for that podium, which is awesome. Like, happy yeah. for you. First podium, that's awesome. Last so lap, cool. Last lap, Lando. Last lap, Lando. And um, that was watching that live was exhilarating. Actually, I will say this: I did not watch this race live because I was at work, and Lando himself spoiled the results because I was stupid enough to not mute him on Twitter. My fault. My fault. Um, but yeah, I was like, I'm going to go into this race without knowing the ending, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I see once I get off of work, his tweet, P3. I was like, son of a bitch. Spoilers! <laughs> we love that. But it was a great race. It was really awesome. Um, very chaotic with nine retirements. Oh, yeah. It kicked was- off with Max and his engine problems, whatever the fuck that was. Right. And after that, it was, they were dropping like flies. <laughs> they were out. <laughs> they had to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was good, though. You know, I felt like it was a good starter because um, the Australian Grand Prix got postponed. So then they mm-hmm. instead ended up starting in Austria. Um, but I mean, it was it was a good race. I think it was a very exciting like first race, and every I think it really kind of set the tone for some of the chaos that existed I, within the race. I was of the going season. to say I was going to say it definitely set the tone to what we should expect for the rest of the season. For sure. So then, moving on, we have the steering Grand Prix: P1 Hamilton, P2 Bottas, P3 Verstappen. A lineup we will see. Multiple more. <laughs> the usual three. Um, For as chaotic as this season was, it was also very predictable in the end. Oh, yeah. Um, in this lap, we had the capitalized the Ferrari crash. <laughs> Set the tone for them for the rest of the season as well. Oh, yeah. It's a rough one. Uh, we can... We can laugh about it now because the season is over, but my heart broke when I saw that accident. It just seeing Sebastian's car with the wing hanging off the back, just trundling down 
the back, I think it was the back straight. I don't know. Yeah. Just trundling down. I was like, mm, this hurts. I mean, to crash on its own is like, oh, to crash with your teammate. I'm pretty sure Martin Brundle said he was like, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that debate and earn that um debriefing. I was like, Yeah, that post You and me both, buddy. Yikes. I mean like <laughs> it did distantly remind me of way back in the day, Daniel Ricardo and Max Verstappen crashing and mm. just being like, Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Last lap, Lando did return, though, in this one. Just zooming in for that last yeah. one. Yeah. The, the entire race, Racing Point and McLaren really had, along with Renault, were pretty neck and neck the whole whole race. But oh yeah, in the end, I think McLaren really came up on top. It's a little foreshadowing for you. <laughs> Uh, all right, next we have the Hungarian Grand Prix. P1, our boy Lewis, P2, Verstappen, and P3, Bottas. Max crashed before the, the race even started. My <laughs> God, I, I was I I go. <laughs> He was like, I don't want to do this, not today. I, mean, I can tell you who else didn't want to be there. Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> the start of a long and exhausting season of getting just so screwed over by pit stops. It Ugh. never ended. I feel like it never ended. Just he got fucked over repeatedly. Every time he came in to change tires. Every time he came in. I think in, he had I one good stop. Like, how are they how are they gonna mess like how's it gonna how are we gonna fuck it up this time? Guys? How slow are they gonna go this time? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will Let's say see. going back, going back to Max. Props, mm. props to the Red Bull mechanics. Those oh, guys yeah. are fucking magicians. I don't know how they do it, but they are gods. I swear to God, they are gods. <laughs> They're I'm in love with them. <laughs> honestly, honestly, you know what? You can, no matter how you feel about Red Bull, you cannot deny that they have probably the best mechanics on grid, the most dedicated yeah. grid. I mean, it is, they are wizards out there with the pit stops, with how quickly they get those cars maintained and fixed. It's, yeah. I want them to come to my apartment and just. Can they like fix my car for me? Like. Can you? <laughs> I don't have a car, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> oh no, my car is currently dead and it's got a dead battery. So, you know, oh, top, top, let's go. <laughs> I used to have a car, but city life does not qualify for a car. And then Nicholas Latifi touching my dancer heart as a little ballerina spinning around. <laughs> I, I want to say he spun at least twice. Maybe even three times? I think so. He spun a lot, and I was like, bless your heart. Bless I, was like, I was like, you could have just said you wanted to come to ballet with me. Like You, <laughs> <laughs> you could have just said you wanted dance lessons. I do you could have just 
I would do it, baby. Like, call me in. I'll teach you ballet. And then the one, I think the the iconic moment of this race, like, yeah, the race was, the race was pretty good. The race was pretty good. The iconic moment from this one was on the podium. Bono was up there. And Lewis absolutely destroyed him with the champagne. He finished his bottle grabbed another and then went after him again like poor bono i just have his face like going like this just plastered in my mind <laughs> please. Please, please stop please stop please. It's, it's too much, it's too much. <laughs> and then next we have the british grand prix p1 hamilton p2 for stopping p3 leclerc um super exciting opening lap super fun fun and spicy Good, like, awesome battles. Um, McLaren v. McLaren. <laughs> yep. Uh, there was a scary crash in this one, though. With Dan, uh, yeah. Yeah. Daniel's crash. Because I know, um, I think this was when, first it started off with Kevin and Alex. Alex, I think, yes. nudged Kevin, causing him to uh, go into the runoff. He ended up crashing, causing a... I think just a safety car. And yeah. I believe just like one or two laps after that safety car, Daniel ended up getting a puncture in his left rear tire. One of, uh, yeah. one of his rear tires, but it caused it caused his car to just careen off the side and into a barrier so quickly. I my heart stopped when that happened. Yeah, but it was great to see that he got out of the car okay. Obviously frustrated because I mean, no fault oh, of his yeah. own that he went off, crashed. But that was definitely a very scary, um, scary moment to witness. Oh, for sure. And then on the trend of punctures, Carlos signs Junior gets a puncture, and then Lewis. Yeah. Yep. It was first. It was Valtteri. We're like, oh. Correct. I think actually at that moment. We're like, it's Lewis with the puncture, and then they corrected it and said that it was Valtteri. And then Lewis actually did get the puncture <laughs> on like the last lap. You see, like in the background, as Lewis is just limping the car along, just Max in the background, just lurking like jaws. Lewis just absolutely dragging that car to the finish line. I re- I was like, he's not. He is not. And then he did. Like, and then I was. And then I think we all realized if Max didn't pit, he would have won. Yeah. I I honestly still don't understand why they pitted him. Like, I guess going for the fastest lap, but... Not risking a puncture? Not risking that too. Yeah, not risking a puncture. But I feel like even before that, they were already... They already pitted after the Mercedes. Like, I don't think their tires were that old. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was definitely a decision that in hindsight I don't think they would have made. Yeah, that's like everything's have, in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the hindsight bias, baby. But um yeah, in hindsight I don't think they would have done it. Um but even like after that, you just knew you're like, mm, if they did not pit Max, he would have won that race. Yeah. Most definitely. Definitely. <sighs> But you know what? Moving on to the seventh, seventieth, excuse me, Grand Prix. He won it. He did it. He, did. he got P one, P two Hamilton, and P three Bottas. 
he got his win in the end. One yeah. race late, but he got it. He was there. Um, um, I don't think, you know what? I don't remember much from this race. I know Alex, I, I remember, think, did good. Yeah, he did absolute bits. He was like, listen. <laughs> I think, you know, Obviously, it's a, litter, it's a little bittersweet to speak on Alex now because we know that he will not be back in F1. But I think he's always been one of those drivers where when he's on his game, he is so on his game. Yes. It's just yes, he didn't. absolutely. There was a lack of that kind of consistency that I think Red Bull is desperately searching for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is I also when I definitely agree that um, when Alex is on, he's on. He is the star of the show. He, when he's on his game, he definitely shows the talent that he has. And that I think we all know that he has. Um, but when he's struggling, it's also very apparent. And it yeah. hurts to see because you know that he's good and you know he has the talent. But without consistency, it's, it's hard to watch. Um, yeah, and he's he's moving to DTM. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about. I know it's German based, but I really hope that he finds success there and kind of has a redemption of his own. Because I really hope we do see him back in Formula One. I think there's a possibility for it. I think there's a likelihood that we could possibly see him. Maybe not with Red Bull, um, but I hope to see him back in Formula One. I just hope that whatever he does he strives and succeeds in. Yeah, I mean, I think Formula One is constantly playing a game of musical chairs and there's this, I mean, it's like, I refuse to say he'll never be back in Formula One just because like it's such an unpredictable like sport in that kind of I mean, way. did, I mean, I guess people would probably say yes, but did we really expect to see Sergio and Red Bull? No, I didn't. Like I, I didn't. And like way back in the day, there were people who said that, oh, Kimmy was never going to come back. And he came back. And like, there's the people who said the same thing about Fernando Alonso. Like, you just, you can't. There's so much more that happens behind the scenes that we don't see as fans that I like, I never feel comfortable making like concrete choices on who's going to be where because there's just so much happening behind the curtain that we just never see. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yes. Getting then, back on track. <laughs> moving on to the Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, P1 Hamilton, P2 for Stappen, P3 Botas. Um, Norris versus Norris and Leclerc keep up their their battle. They they did a yeah. lot of that this season. They were very yeah. fighting they tooth had and a nail. Couple good. Um, couple good battles between themselves um, over several races, which I think was is good to note. Um, but this was another kind of, I mean, it's the Spanish Grand Prix. It's usually not that. Hazazzy, um, entertaining. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I'm just trying to be You're real. Track. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Um, but one major thing that happened during this race was that um, Charles, I think, was coming around the last chicane, coming back to the front straight um, when his car quit 
and he ended up DNFing after two more. He was able to get the start, the car started again. I think he did like one or two laps around before the team brought it back in. But this was a really big issue during the like aftermath with a lot of people on Twitter is that he apparently did not have his seatbelt on during those last two laps that he was out, but he did not receive a penalty for it, which is very disconcerting. Actually, concerning, not disconcerting. I will be I will be fully blunt and honest. I absolutely think that he should have gotten some form of a punishment. I think if you're going to be for, I mean, this is, this is where, if you're going to be stupid, <laughs> it's like, you should get a penalty. Like, this is, these safety measures are in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. You are not immortal. You are not a god. Yeah. And you are existing in a sport that is known for being dangerous. If you cannot even take your own safety seriously, that is a cause for concern. Exactly. I I was frustrated in that, and I really felt like he should have gotten some form of a punishment because it yeah. just is such an, just a stupid thing to do. I mean, like, you drive a road car with a seatbelt, you should drive an F1 car with a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I, you know what? I don't think he intentionally was like, I'm going to drive without my seatbelt on. But no, no, yeah. He, the fact that nothing came from it and that there was no acknowledgement, I don't think. I think, you know, I actually, I think the FIA said like they were investigating it and they, they like, rumored that like, you know, they looked into it, but nothing came from it. There was no punishment, no penalty, nothing. And so it's just like, are we just going to let him get away with it? Like, this is a safety measure. This is life and death, like, in serious cases. In serious cases, it is life and death. But driving around without a seatbelt on, period, is just not good. good. In in road cars, seatbelts save lives. Like you see pictures of people who got into a car accident and they have like the bruise down their chest and they say like, I'm happy I have this bruise because if I didn't have my seatbelt on, I would have gone straight through the windshield. Yeah. And like likely would have potentially died. And like if if seatbelts are regularly saving lives in road cars, then they're definitely doing the same in F1 cars. And like Mm -hmm. if you, I just, yeah, I just think it was dumb, and he he should have gotten punished. Um, yeah, I think that's NASCAR, probably... punishes, NASCAR punishes drivers who don't take safety seriously. That's probably I think that's probably part of the reason why they did bring him in because he didn't have his seatbelt latched, but also because the car had its own issues that they needed to address and didn't want to further um, make worse. Right. But it just it, it rubbed me the wrong way. It really did. Oh yeah, it totally rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, Ugh. yeah. yeah. Um. Moving on, Belgian Grand Prix. We got Lewis P one, Belgian P two, and Max P three. I don't. I'm gonna say this. I don't really remember much of this race at all. I remember. Antonio's crash where he took out Russell. 
That was scary. A sc- another scary one. Um, I believe. Um, Anthony, 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 Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> I don't know who Anthony is. <laughs> oh God, Antonio. Um, I believe he was coming out of the corner. Don't quote me on what corner it was. Um, <laughs> but he was coming out of a corner, and I think the the rear of his car kind of slipped. He overcorrected, causing him to go into a barrier. Right. Around and one of his tires flew off. Um, Took out Russell. Yeah, George tried to avoid the tire. It ended up hitting his car, causing yeah. him to crash as well. That Not was, much. He-, he couldn't do much about it. No, no. no. I mean, yeah. again, a crash that I was very thankful to see both of them walk away, frustrated, but completely oh, fine. yeah, yeah. Like, irritated, disappointed, absolutely, but like, they were okay. They walked out it fine another crash where i kind of held my breath i was like oh i was like yeah please no one be hurt luckily no one was hurt thank god yeah but i think that was really the only i think there was a lot of midfield battles during this race as well yeah um but other than that i don't remember much yeah i mean it stuck to the theme of um the midfield battles are often kind of the more exciting battles. You don't really see that at the front, but you see a lot of it in the midfield and it's it's cool and it's exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on then to Monza, P1, Pierre Gasly, yeah. <laughs> P3, Carlos Sainz Jr., P, or P2, Carlos Sainz Jr., P3, Lance Roll. Oh, and I thought I was going to sleep through this race. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, I will be basic and say that, like, this was one of my favorite races of the season. There is something so exciting about seeing somebody you did not expect to win, win. Like, to see an underdog come back and, like, I, I have goosebumps. Like, I... I just, his radio message just plays on repeat in my head. 24 What did we do? Oh my God. And like the defending he did against Science Jr. Ooh. Chef's kiss. Ooh. Ooh, so sexy. I was like, this is racing. <laughs> I just think this all started with Kevin pulling off to the side in front of the pit entry because his car had issues. I believe his car had issues. It was either that yeah. or something with his, like, the vibrations. Yeah. I don't know. But it just started with Kevin, and it snowballed into Pierre's first win. <laughs> oh, my God. This was... I cried. I'll be honest. I cried. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, was... I was, like, laying in bed watching, like, there are tears coming down my face. I was like, I had, I had my laptop next to me in my bed, I had my cat next to me, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched majority of the races in bed. <laughs> oh, me too. Like, Trust American. me. American issues. Because it's early, early, early. Uh, yeah. No, I love that. This was definitely one of the best races of the season, if not the best. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I just, 
I don't. I just love just the scene where Pierre is sitting on the podium by himself with his trophy. The confetti is like still coming down a little bit, and the camera pans over slowly zooming. Like he kind of shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. Oh, moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> oh, okay, Tuscan Grand Prix. We're at Mugello. We got P1, Hamilton, P2, Contest, and P3. Our boy Alex Albon. First his game finish. This race, chaos. pure fucking chaos. Chaos. Pure chaos. Period. <sighs> the amount of times I was like, I need to take a walk during this race. <laughs> I gotta get up. I... Yeah, no, I agree. Um, opening lap, turn two. I don't even, I don't remember what happened. I just I remember it was Verstappen, Gasly. I want to yeah. say Reichert, um, Kimi was involved in this as well as Grosjean. Right. I think because Mugello is such, the track itself is very narrow, at least for yes. Formula One cars, that is the main factor which caused this crash to happen. It's because yes. everybody was so jam-packed together that one one little slip up with the steering wheel and you're sending the guy next to you cleaning forward, which is what happened and resulted in both Max and Pierre having to retire. Yeah, well, you know, open wheel cars uh, just tend to be the more fragile of cars. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just, they're not made to take a beating like in terms of contact. And so when you have these kind of narrower tracks and touching and contact is made, you get a lot of retirements. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then- well, I mean, like even even if one of these cars goes over a curb incorrectly, that could cause like- Yeah. Them to, the driver to like, these cars are made, made to go fast. They're not yes. made to be durable. No. <laughs> um, well, and I think, yeah, no, no, you said what you said exactly what I was thinking. And then we have safety car confusion that results in Giovinazzi, Magnuson, Latifi, and Sainz Jr. Out. This yeah. this crap I was confused is like the best word. Because I just yeah. I didn't I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know who had crashed. I didn't know who was where. Like I just was like I, I mean, our view of it was from the front as everybody was going again. And all you see is just in the carnage back. in the background. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I think visually this was one of the scariest crashes of the season. This, to see that many cars pile up, absolutely terrifying. It's I, yeah. I would equate it to seeing one of those videos um, online during like a snowstorm and seeing like everybody piling up on the highway. Like that's how I would re- equate this crash to be. Yes, a like, site we are familiar with. <laughs> yeah, living in the Midwest, God. Living in the Midwest. <laughs> Too often, but yeah, this was definitely a very scary crash. And again, we're lucky that no one was hurt. I think, yeah. I, think I think Carlos may have, he got hit on the hand, I believe. Yeah, he had some like rough hand bruising. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was like the majority of the injuries for everybody. It was just slight bruising, 
Um, yeah. And it's often so lucky that no one was severely injured. Yes. I mean, just in motorsport in general, there isn't a lot of like padding on the body. There just isn't. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not like a contact sport. <laughs> we don't need like football. Pads, no, like, like, no, like, we don't and, need that here. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, when they get hit on the hand, because, like, we saw it a couple more times with, like, a, like a couple, uh, Grosjean, I think, and Pierre both got hit with gravel on their hands at different yeah. races, and we're like, ow, oh, wow. like, yeah, damn. Yeah. That hurt. And I, I was always like, yeah, that must, ow, like, a, a rock hitting you at such a high velocity in your hand that only has a glove on it, like, yeah. that probably does not feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, absolute carnage in that race. True to I 2020. I think that, I, even to this day, I don't really know who was the cause of that wreckage, but at the same time, I don't think you can really blame one person. I, yes, I don't think so. I think most people pointed to Daniel Kvyat, um, but I think it was just a chain reaction of everybody yeah. at the front was going, people were, it was a stag, like, because everybody was still going, it took a while for, like, one person go, then the next, and the next, and the next, but then the people at the back saw the green light, and they were going, forcing, they ended up, like, backing up into others, forced them to slow down, which caused a chain reaction backwards as well, ended up in a pileup. Like, it was just a chain reaction of everyone not necessarily being on the same page of when to go because people at the front were following, following Beltry, whereas people from the middle back were following the lights and being right. forced to stop and go again. So, yeah, it was a mess. And on the next restart, they did it correctly where they everybody lined up. Um, in starting positions and yes. yeah. that way, which was much smarter, much safer, especially because that was um, a straight and not like coming out of a corner or anything. So right, yeah, they learned their lesson. <laughs> oh, they did. Um, next up, we have the Russian Grand Prix: P1 Bottas, P2 Verstappen, P3 Hamilton. It was a race. It was it was a race. Um, nothing too spectacular, think... but I will say, what the fuck, Carlos? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I remember know. watching that live. Like, did you really just? Okay. It was a mis. Well, it's a mis. It's a mis <sighs> we'll say that it was a misjudgment. It was an interesting judgment call. Yeah, I think the thing that sticks most with me out of this one is something that didn't even happen in the race is Hamilton getting two penalties for starting in the wrong locations during doing practice. practice. I right. believe he was doing like practice starts. Um, yeah, he was doing a practice start out of the like okayed area to do so. Yeah, and like yeah. I will, I will say the same thing I said about Charles. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're not gonna follow the safety rules, you should be getting a. Do I think that the punishment they gave him was appropriate? No, no. But considering that, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think 
you know what? At the end of the day, I think one penalty would have been fine. It would have gotten the point across. Like, yeah. hey, don't do yeah. this. Like, no, what, what the fuck? But to go from what happened with Charles not wearing his seatbelt and still racing to Lewis doing practice starts in the wrong location, giving one two penalties and the other none, like that doesn't sit well with me. I just they're both dangerous. Better. They're both dangerous things to do, and I think that they at the least should have at least gotten similar punishments. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Next, we have the Eiffel GP. P1, Lewis. Two backs, P3, Ricardo. Got you. Got you. in four years. Super cool and exciting to see. I did also, I actually have a video of me watching Daniel get P3 and I am <laughs> screaming down my face. I'm just like, like laying in bed and I'm like, because I, I thought, I was like, I should record myself. This is kind of funny. And so I, <laughs> I have a video of my reaction. I cried. It was. I, I you know what? I, I think this has been Daniel's first podium since he's left Red Bull as well. Yes. It's been over or around two years, I want to say. At that point, it was yeah, two almost three years. So it was nice seeing him back up there. He deserved it. He absolutely deserves it. And I think throughout his entire time with Renault, he has pulled much more out of that car than like feasibly as possible. <laughs> he's just he's a brilliant driver, and that is like I think. You know, he's great personality. He's super charismatic. Like people, people love his interviews and they love like watching people interact with him. But I think when he gets on the track and he gets in the car, he's a, he's he's a different person almost. He's so motivated, so dedicated and just what he does in that car is something beautiful, I will say. I appreciate it. Beautiful. Yes. And then to that, I will say, excuse me, sorry, sorry. To that, (laughs) with Daniel's skill, I'm really excited to see what he can do in McLaren this coming year. I'm really excited to see the results he can pull out of that car. Because we, from this season, we know, we know she's good. They've been taking awesome steps forward. Yeah, McLaren has always kind of baffled me in that they have, like, a decent budget. (laughs) For some reason, haven't (laughs) been able to pull out as much as they could. But I think with the new Mercedes engine, with the steps forward they've been making in just everything, I'm really excited to see. I'm super excited. I agree. I agree. I wait with bated breath Oof. for the first country of the Honestly, I think we could dedicate a whole episode just like going over our predictions for next season and like what we expect. What we expect. Who knows? Who knows? Ma'am, coming in with the ideas. Hello, hello. <laughs> next up, we had the Portugal Grand Prix, P1 Hamilton, P2 Bottas, P3 Verstappen. 
Hamilton breaks the win record. 92 wins. Yep. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. I cried. I am I cried. I will probably cry right now. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely shed a couple tears. It was, I mean, the race itself <laughs> wasn't anything it was special, but I think the ending just, it felt good. It felt good it, to see Lewis finally get those 92 wins. And I, it's just like what I, I feel like he's been working towards this moment his whole entire life and to finally get absolutely. there and be able to witness history. Yeah. was something special and something that I am so fortunate to have gotten to witness. Yeah. I'm just so proud of him. I'm so proud of yeah. Lewis and everything he's accomplished. Like, I... God, I might not be his biggest fan. I mean, I am one of his big. Like, I'm not the most dedicated fan. I'll say that. I right. am, like, casual a Formula One fan. But, like, he means so much to me. And yeah. I'm just... God bless him. Yeah, no, he's, I think he's just someone I vibe with a lot and like, mm-hmm. someone that I have always felt if I were to have the incredible opportunity to meet, mm-hmm. I think that there would be really great conversations and I think I would come out of it feeling really good. And I often have felt that he is the kind of person that I could just be a hundred percent myself with. Mm-hmm. And like he would be accepting of that. And like Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely when I look up to someone, I really what it comes down to is like I always envision myself having a conversation with them. And if I, if that conversation involves me picking their brain and just figuring out like how they, how they work, how they think, like, if that is like on the forefront of the conversation, I know this person, like, I believe in this person and I'm interested in this person. And Lewis Hamilton is one of those people where I just want to sit down with him and I want to pick his brain about everything and anything that can come up because he is so interesting he's just so dedicated so driven and the things he believes in he is so outspoken about and confident and like I said he's just an interesting person so you yeah like you said like I would want to just sit down and just pick his brain about how does it feel to be a fucking winner at life? Like, how does it feel to be Lewis fucking Hamilton? Sir Lewis fucking Hamilton. How does that feel? <laughs> I, and this is, I will say now, I do not think he's perfect. Like, I am no. fully aware. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. We all have flaws. But if we are going to look at Lewis Hamilton, look at what he's done within motorsport and just as somebody with influence no one is doing it like him no, no one's one. doing it like lewis hamilton let me tell you no one's doing it like him and that is something that i respect and i look up to and i feel empowered by i agree i agree 100 with that 
Yeah. Moving on to Italy part three, the, the finale of a trilogy. <laughs> we have P1, Lewis Hamilton, P2, Botez, P3, Ricardo, second podium. Second podium. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was cool to see him get a podium again when, like, yeah. there was such doubt that he would even get one. So to see the other one was very, like, you do that, sir. You like, do you. that. I think the only thing that was like notable, and this didn't even happen during the race, was that cat. Oh my god, I love that cat. That cat has my heart. That cat has my heart and my soul. The Amola cat said, yeah, cursed himself by calling that cat fat. All right, he. I don't remember what happened during this race to him, but I know it wasn't good. It's on him for insulting the cat. The cat jinxed him. The cat jinxed him. As it should have. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If it hasn't been clarified, we are very big cat people. Oh. I, I mean, we're. I guarantee we are, future episodes, you will see our cats make an appearance. Absolutely. Little Bit has been walking around this whole time. <laughs> um, we're big animal people, but we are especially big cat people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, baby. <laughs> yes, yes. Next. This is Grand Prix. Oh, I can't even say this. Oh my god. P1. P1 Lewis. P2. Sergio. P3! Seb! Yes! Oh, sorry. I'm just. This was another one I, I cried. cried over. It was uh. like a Jamie cry because Lewis secures the seventh world title, Perez gets on the podium, and then Vettel's back, and I was just in bed like I am emotionally overwhelmed. <laughs> like, um, the ending of this race. I mean, I, I felt I felt bad for Charles. Oh my I god, felt bad. I felt bad. Listening to his radio, I was like, oh. homeboy is gonna need to. He's going through it. Take he is. A, take him break, take a breath, take a step back, reach out to somebody. Like He needs to call, he just got to take the time for himself. No, this was a quadruple whammy because Lance Stroll on pole. That, he is the only other driver outside that top three to get pole. You cannot tell me that Lance is not an amazing driver. Sorry. Sorry. He's, he's good. He's good. I refuse. As here is, here is the proof. Here is the proof. It's really fucking. What do you want? What do you want? You can look at his junior career and see he has had talent always, and he's a hard worker, and he puts in the work, and it pays off, and. The fact that people take something that was completely out of control, being his father's decision to do what his father wants with his money, and just like slap that as to, well, he's a he's a shit driver then. I'm like, no. No. You go look at his junior career. Go look at his junior career. See everything he pulled out successfully there. See how he's doing now. Kids got talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? Call him daddy's money all you want. I think, I think it's time for him to kind of take back that thing, take back that name. I think reclaim it for himself. Yeah, Daddy's money got fucking called, bitch. Scored two points. 
Daddy's money did that. Like, just Daddy's take it back. It. <laughs> like, yeah, my dad was the team. What about it? <laughs> no, but I think, I think you know what? He, is he the per- perfect driver? No. No. I, we've seen him make mistakes. We've also seen other people make mistakes too, and that yeah. people make mistakes. But to say that he isn't talented, he wouldn't be here if he wasn't talented. That is my thing. He wouldn't I mean, have gotten into, like, yes, money is a big part of it, but I don't like. They're not gonna fucking just because you have money. You also have to have lie. some type of talent, you know. He, he, he gotta be able to, drive. to be in Formula One. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be able to drive. Gotta be able um. to turn left and right. <laughs> Next, we have the Bahrain Grand Prix, P1 Hamilton, P2 Verstappen, P3 Albon, Alex is back on the podium. This is something we will discuss in its own dedicated episode, because I think Roman Grosjean's crash was terrifying to witness. It emotionally drained me for the rest of the day. I... Like, yep. It just, yeah, and I think this, Daniel Ricardo post interview yeah. captured it very well, where he was like, the amount of replays was just, it was disgusting. And I think that this is something that we will discuss in a future episode: is like, mm-hmm. what is Formula One's issue with the sensationalism of really terrifying incidents? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't get it. This and. This crash, witnessing it live, I wasn't going to watch this race live. I was like, I had personal stuff going on at the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to relax for the morning. But I went on to Twitter and I was like, let's see how the race is going. Like I did 10 past whatever time it started, I think eight or nine. Um, Let's see how it's going. And immediately my timeline was just flooded with oh my god he crashed oh my god Grosjean like just panic and I tuned in and I thought he had died Uh, yeah I thought he was dead I was like the fucking car split in half he's engulfed in flames engulfed in flames and straight through the barrier yeah like I straight through the I, I to see him get out of there and to hear that he only sustains burns on his hands. Burns on his hands and his ankles. And on, on his ankles. And that's it. Incredible. And I think that's a testament to how far safety has come. Yes. Um, in Formula One. God bless the halo. Anybody who says the halo is ugly or pointless, Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Period. I don't, we're not having this conversation anymore. Okay. Not having this conversation. <laughs> Research about safety and why the Halo works is free, and so are these hands. We are not having this conversation anymore. I'm so done and over it. And I do not care if you think it looks ugly. The astonishing. I don't think it's sexy. I think safety's sexy. I it love looks- it. I think it makes the car look really aerodynamic. It visually, it's appealing to me. Out the car mm. makes it look 
so sexy. And like, if you think the aesthetic of a goddamn car is more important than people's safety, goodbye. <laughs> I don't, we're not on the same level. We we're not in the same place. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anybody after that crash, I don't think anybody can post an argument up against the halo. And well, also props to everybody the first responders on the scene getting the medic team incredible. Medic team, the fireman who fucking ran across the track with his fire extinguisher ran amazing work by everybody. A man went into the fire, like it into the flames to get him. It's like, I just, I just cannot. And like, I know they've received rewards, they've received so much recognition, but like, you really, like, they, you can't, it. for saving someone's life, you cannot give them enough praise. Period. No. Like, because of them, a father was able to go home to his kids. And yeah. that is so special and so incredible. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was incredible. And you know what? Later in this race, we saw the halo at work again when Lance flipped his car. At this point, I was like, just end the fucking race. End the race. I don't want to watch anymore. All right, my heart cannot take it. I've cried already. Stop. Just stop. But yet again, we saw the halo do its thing and protect the driver inside. So, like I said, you fuck with the there. halo. Fuck you. <laughs> there, so I'm a huge history buff, especially in Formula One history. And there are many, many instances in Formula One's history where crashes happened and somebody unfortunately passed away and the halo would have protected them. There was a crash exactly like the one Grosjean suffered in I think 74, where the driver went through the barrier and he died. And like that, that is part of why I was like, this cannot be an argument that we're going to have over the halo anymore because this kind of crash has happened twice without the halo, the driver died with the halo. Roman Grosjean is still, I can go onto his Instagram and see him talking about Legos and his children and it warms my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, we're just, what? enough emotions. Enough, enough emotions. Yeah. Zakir? Zakir? I'm Zakir. saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Someone's going to yell at me. I'm American. I can never pronounce anything correctly. It really does a sturdy. Mine's to that. But you know what? Moving on. Moving on. P1. Sergio. P2. Esteban and P3 Lance. Whew. Whew. Starting off this weekend, you told me that was going to be the ending top three. I would have called you crazy. I would have called you absolutely crazy. I, we see a maiden win. The worst, one of the worst pit stops I've ever seen in my life. I was like... I... At, at this moment, at this race, I was not a fan of Mercedes. I was I, like, nope, we're covering that, that up. We are not a fan. <laughs> I witnessed the telenova that was George Russell's weekend, which also resulted in a tattoo. I still have to get mine. 
You do slow to get away with weeks. We see the 63. We see it. We see the 63. I'm a woman of my word, baby. I hold on to my bets. <laughs> I'm also a woman of my word, but I am a broke woman of my word. So yeah. when I get the money, the tattoo will happen. Okay. okay. <laughs> Christmas happened. So you know what? That's that's where that money went. Anyways, back to racing. Um Lewis was diagnosed with COVID, had to sit out. We saw the fabulous. George Russell step in to take his place. He wore a shoe size down in order to fit to that cockpit. He fit to a car that did not fit No, it did not. And to see him absolutely, I wouldn't say he absolutely thrived, but he, ugh. He has been Sorry. a phenomenal driver for a long time. And like you, people discredit him because he's in the slowest car, right? Like he was in the slowest car in the 2020 season, but the what he managed to pull out of that Williams is a testament to his skill and his ability. And all you have to Just do is- com- oh. You compare his results from the 20, 2019 season to the 2020 season, the improvement is in it's the he got the most he could out of that car and even more like i he got things out of that car that i didn't think he could but he did it and to see him where i know he's going to be in the future do absolute bits against someone who's been there for years i love i love veltry i really do i respect him as a driver I respect him as a person, but comparing what Valtteri has done this season to what George did in one sitting in the car. I George has been Questions. a phenomenal talent since the junior series. Mm-hmm. Like he won the F2 championship. He deserved. He's a he winner. Is Proven amazing. Winner. And Mercedes knows it. And that's why they have had him under their wing for so many years. That's why the second they realized they had the opportunity and they had the time to work out the paperwork to get him in that car, they said, we're doing this. It makes sense. They've been nurturing him for years that they would put him in that car. They want to see what he's going to do. And I think he didn't get the result that everybody really hoped he was going to get. Like, we all wanted to see a win or at least a podium. That's what we wanted. I think we knew. I think we knew if Mercedes did not fuck up and there was not a tire mishap as well as a puncture, we all know that he would have gotten on podium. He would have gotten on podium. But I, I think he cemented and proved to Mercedes, I am your future driver. It's Absolutely. me. Like, it is me. I am the next person who will be in that seat. Because I, I believe he can be a world champion. I believe. Oh, absolutely. Vehemently. I believe. <laughs> okay. I feel like, you know what? There's a there's few drivers, I would say, that I truly believe will be world champion. And some of them might surprise people who, I won't say them. Said, you know, first episode, Tom Rockhaus drama. But he is one of the few drivers that I would confidently say is a future world champion. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And then... I just want to go back to Sergio for a second before we move on to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Because I think... I think Sergio this season has kind of flown under the radar. Yes. As being one of the best performing drivers this season. Absolutely. He, you know, having set out two races because of COVID, he's still produced amazing results. I think he scored in all the races he participated, he scored points, I believe. I believe yes. he's one of the few people who has done that. He did so, he was never out of the points. I mean, he's for he's him dead. at this point, he was not announced as Red Bull's uh, second driver. Well, I don't know. Well, that's that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Calling him a second driver, um, but at this point, he was not announced for next season. His future in Formula One was a question mark, and so to see him get this result, I think, was kind of like a fuck you to the to Racing Point, like you got rid of me without my knowledge. Like I can produce the results, baby. Here you go. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a well-deserved win. One, I think we all would have loved to see come sooner, Um, but he deserved it. And he is, Red Bull is is lucky to have him next for next year. Yeah. I they treat him and give him the respect that he deserves because he's been in Formula One for quite some time. Like he has been at Racing Point Force India, blah, 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 blah for seven years. Yeah. Like, so one, I am interested to see how this move to Red Bull goes because he's been with that team for so long, but it also is like a, um, I mean, I'm just, I'm interested. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I think I think all eyes are going to be on Red Bull next season um, to see how the pairing of Max and Sergio goes. And depending on how Sergio performs, we'll really be telling of the team. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it will be as well. Um, finally, we have our closer, Abu Dhabi. P1 Verstappen, P2 Bottas, P3 Hamilton. It was a race. I mean, <laughs> I often question why Abu Dhabi is a closer. I don't think that it is a particularly interesting track that creates a lot of opportunities for interesting racing. So I... I mean, we could just talk about the track itself, who designed the track, and why the track is boring. Um, I mean, Abu Dhabi is all the glitz, all the glamour. Got oh, the totally. You got the yeah. party like aspect. Like for that aspect, I, I understand why it is the last race of yeah. the season. Uh, just because of the all of these like, other aspects. Yeah. But that's around it. The track itself is basic, boring. Could be it improved. Just, it doesn't create any opportunity for anything really engaging. Um so. I think the only thing entertaining that happened this race, and I'm so sorry, Leclerc fans, that I'm saying this, the amount of the amount of times Charles got overtook this race, it was it was funny. It was pretty sad. It was pretty <laughs> it, sad. It, I will admit, I laughed. I definitely <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I I I I bet he felt like shit, 
and I oh, I'm crazy. But I hope he has someone to talk to after this season. I really do. Um, but every and couple I will, of seconds, it would cut to him getting overtaken by someone, and I was like, "Like, damn, oh my God. dude." <laughs> I will apologize now to all the McLaren fans, but um, McLaren got P3. I don't think, it's not that I don't think they deserve it. I just think had Sergio not DNF, they wouldn't have gotten it. Like wasting point. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> you're right, you're right. You know, you're right. I know I'm right. <laughs> As a McLaren fan. McLaren has made- I will admit. Great steps forward. Like they have been making steady improvement every year. It's been awesome to see. Like super cool. But Racing Point should have gotten P three. They should have, and they would have. If Sergio did not retire from this race, Racing Point definitely would. They absolutely would have gotten. It. Um, but as racing goes, luck is also a part of it. Luck is a huge component. And I think luck played into McLaren securing P three. I will admit yeah. that. But yes. I do think, uh, you know what? Uh, McLaren fan here. Uh, flexing that P3, baby. Anyways. Phil's going to be back on top. Lando himself did say, I saw a clip from a stream where he was like, yeah, no, it really should have gone to Racing Point. I mean, we're <laughs> over the road, but it really should have gone to him. <laughs> we all know that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that they at least acknowledge that. But yeah, still great yeah. to see. Still great to see them um, back on, back making their way back up. Yes. Um, coming out uh, the day we're not. Okay, you know, what I'm saying. coming out of talking about the 2020 season. The day we are filming this is January 5th, mm-hmm. and we both talked about this at length before we started filming. And we both agreed that we want to address the amount of traveling that is happening and being posted on driver's social media mm-hmm. off season. Because there is a difference between the traveling they did during the season and the leisure traveling they are doing now. Yes. yes. There is a um, Huge difference. Yeah. The steps that the FIA and F1 took during the season to ensure that the season, the 2020 season, could take place was a very measured and well thought out plan. This wasn't just, we're going to do this, let's, let's try it. It was calculated. They weighed pros and cons came up with a plan, um, not only how to best prevent the spread of COVID, but also steps to be taken if someone were to be diagnosed. And all in all, they did a very good job. Yes. Managing, traveling the world and preventing as few people as possible from getting COVID. I want to say it was like around 20, less than 20 people got COVID. Less than 20, three drivers I can think of off the top of my head yep. and about four crew members I can think of off the top of my head. Yep. That's less than 10 people. Like that, 
obviously perfect world nobody got it but the fact that so little people got it when there were so many people involved in this and like the amount of traveling that they did like it is the fia consulted health experts they really like looked at the risk assessment factors and made these informed decisions Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. limits and protocols that were in place make the traveling that they did then completely different than drivers partying now. Yes. Yes. It is not the same Mm -hmm. at all. And it is frustrating and disappointing to see Yeah, because COVID is so serious. I mean, we're about to see, I believe we're about to see the UK go, um, or at least. um, They are already in lockdown. Go back into lockdown. um, They are already in lockdown. Because of how high their numbers have gotten of cases. And here in the US, it's no better. Granted, we didn't really have a lockdown. Um, (laughs) No, we never did. I mean, we are, we can both. We're shit. We are shit. I'll say it. Our handling of the situation sucks. No, like we are self-aware, but both you and I, in our own lives, have treated this seriously, mm-hmm. and I, I've been really vocal about this on Twitter, but this issue hits really close for me because I am a first response worker in hospitals and tests are a finite resource. There are not an unlimited number of tests and people getting tests as a way to justify and attempt to shield themselves from judgment, like for getting a test so they can go travel for leisure or party is actively taking away the ability for somebody else to get a test. If I cannot get tested, I cannot do my job safely. Your, you like, you need, my question, I always, I'm like, why are you taking these tests? Is it because you may have gotten exposed? Is it because you work in hospitals? Is it because you are at a higher health risk and like just need to be cautious? Or is it because you want to go travel, party, hang out with a large group of people? Why? Yeah. And like, I, <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional, but it is just so frustrating because there was a period of time in which I wasn't allowed to go into the hospitals and do my job because Chicago was facing COVID test issues. Like, yeah. and that is so That's frustrating cool. because like, I'm a, I'm a goddamn rape crisis counselor for kids. I'm so sorry, but I think my, I, I'm not sorry at all. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. My job to provide support to children who have been assaulted is infinitely more important than you going to goddamn Dubai. And like, I just, it is, I'm getting so heated. That's okay. We're here to talk about these things that we feel passionate about. And I'm going to, we refer, me, me and Grace FaceTime a lot. Um, we talk a lot and you made a great point (laughs) you made a great point the other day that you were talking you're like imagine if they were to have stayed home and done things at home and shown it off at like hey guys like 
especially for younger audiences and for younger fans that staying home and staying safe and just like gaming or having a fun like I don't know board game or something fun that you can do in your house imagine the impact that would have and influence it would have if younger audiences are seeing that and be like hey look my favorite formula one driver is staying at home like that's like I know personally from lock or from quarantine I downloaded Rocket League I downloaded it F1 2020 because I saw these guys like these guys were having fun with it I was like that looks like a ton of fun I want to do that too like and so I bought the game and I downloaded them and I played them because it was fun and it passed the time imagine if they were doing that now yeah that is part of what irritates me because I look at it and I'm like you could have made masks and treating this seriously cool and you chose your limited brief experience of fun and complete and total turning a blind eye to real world issues and that is I don't expect a lot. <laughs> That's the honest answer. I really don't. But I am still so disappointed. And like, before anybody says like, well, like, it's their private life. It's not any of your business. No, a global pandemic is definitely my business. As a member of planet Earth, a global pandemic is my business. It's all yeah. of our business. Yeah, exactly. And whether they like sense. it or not, they have a responsibility of influence. Mm -hmm. They're and public they're, figures. You are they, a public figure. It, it, it comes with the territory of them being in the public eye. They they are looked at through through a microscope. Is that always a good thing? No, I don't think no. so. I think sometimes barriers are broken, which should not be. But their behavior is models for others' behavior, if that makes sense. Um, so to see them do this, this stuff, it's... I know it's going to end up influencing others to do the same, and it's not. Absolutely. It's not okay. people are going Because people are going to look at this, and they're going to be like, whoa, this driver went to Dubai. Like, they got tested, and then they went to Dubai. So, like, I should be able to get tested and go do this. And yeah. No. <laughs> no. And I think and it also goes, it, it, it really goes with culturally how society and how people view themselves and others. In, in, in Asian countries, um, it's more collectivistic. So they think about the group and the whole over the individual. Whereas, especially in America, especially in the West, individualism is valued over the group. And I yes. think when you see how COVID has been handled and how people regard this pandemic, excuse me, not epidemic. Um, yeah. You see how people have regarded this. It is very telling of those cultural differences. Yes. Um, viewing very ourselves much, yeah. over the group. And I think and to tackle this pandemic, we it's not thinking about ourselves. We really have to think about everybody else over ourselves. And that means not traveling, canceling plans, um, staying at home, being more wary and more vigilant about our own health and safety as well as health Absolutely. and safety of others. Yeah, well, because it's, 
it the other difference is it's not necessary for them to be traveling right now traveling is a part of their jobs and i respect that but right now it is not necessary for them to be traveling in any capacity and so it is that choice to do something that is unnecessary and unneeded that is telling yeah. and I like I don't I'm not trying to hark on one driver more than no. another like no, my exactly. frustration and disappointment is with every single one yeah I agree and you know what at the end of the day at the end of the day we can't control their decisions they're human no. beings they're adults they can make choices for themselves but I think it's important to acknowledge and point out that what they're doing is not necessarily the most correct thing to be doing at this point no. in time. Not at all. And yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah I just, I, we, I, it's important for us to just acknowledge this and talk about this because it, it's happening now. I just don't want to piss anybody off. Because I like yeah. I'm here to, we're here to open up a conversation. We're here to talk. And and you know what? It'd be nice to hear other feedback on this as well. I don't totally. go on a rant. Um because you know what, maybe someone will I have yet to hear a good um disagreement to this um argument that we have or maybe a perspective that differs from ours that I have yet to hear as well, you know. So I, It'd be lovely to hear what other people think. Do they do you agree with us? Do you not? Um, Absolutely. Like, this is a conversation we want everyone to be in. And so long as you can express your point in a way that is civil. Yeah. Absolutely disagree with us. Like, totally. Just don't be a jerk about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's um, one thing that on the internet, you're going to have jerks who disagree with you and they're Absolutely. not necessarily going to know how to express themselves correctly in, in a civil manner. And that just happens, that that happens in day-to-day -day life. But we're asking you guys that, you know, if you have differing opinions or if you just want to share your own, do it respectfully. Um, yeah. We want to hear them. We yeah. really do. And if anything, um, it'll help stir up conversation for future episodes as well. We're open to ideas. We love talking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, those are our, that's our 20 cents, because there's two of us, get it? Um, we each have 10 cents, 20 cents. Oh. Never mind. Forget it. Forget no, it. No, no, I got it out. I got it out. It took me. It took me out. <laughs> I'm slow. I'm slow. I'm blonde. All right. I am stereotype. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are our thoughts. If you want to hear more of our thoughts, you can find me on Twitter at GraceB4 and on TikTok at GraceB. Um, come chat. I would love to talk to you. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Formula Done. Done is spelled D-U-N. My favorite drummer. We love him. And on TikTok at Serenity X. S-A-R-E-N-I-I-T-Y-X. Um, and I, before we end, I just want to say that while we are harsh 
on, on, our, on what we talked about regarding COVID and this traveling does not mean that we hate the drivers. No. No way, shape, or form do I hate them, okay? I'm just disappointed. I expect a lot out of them, and I they're good people to their core. I know that they are, but good people make mistakes. And when that happens, they need to be called out on it. They need to yeah. learn. That's all we're saying. We do love yeah. them. We appreciate them. As you can tell how we passionately talked about them during the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season recap. We do love them all. So, is there anything yes. else we want to say? No. I feel good. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting our first ep into the bag. Um, Bam. Spread it out into the world. Beautiful. <laughs> no, but, yeah. We thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Bye.